All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is Tuesday, November 2nd. He's Mike McKenna. I'm Frank Saravalli, and we're streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, as well as dailyfaceoff.com. Mike, how are you doing? Feeling pretty good today. It's getting cooler out. We're wearing the long sleeves, the zip-ups. We're in, we're in unison right now, Frank. You must yeah. be feeling it out there in Philly as well, a little chill in the yeah. air. Hockey weather for sure. We're getting closer to that. But Mike, uh, another day and some more news today with the another sexual assault allegation in the hockey world. So wanted to update everyone before we get rolling. The legal team for former uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins assistant coach Jared Scaldi and his wife Erin announced in a media advisory today that they will file a lawsuit in state court that details allegations of sexual assault against uh, former Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins coach Clark Donatelli, and the suit also names the Pittsburgh Penguins, Minnesota Wild GM Bill Guerin, as well as team owners Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle. The Penguins issuing a statement this morning in response saying, we took this Wilkes-Barre Scranton incident very seriously and acted immediately. The team investigated and addressed the alleged incident within hours of being notified in June 2019, despite the fact that Mr. Scaldi delayed seven months before he reported the incident. Immediately upon receiving the report, a full investigation was conducted within 72 hours, and the former coach resigned from the organization. Following the report, Mr. Scaldi continued to coach in Wilkes-Barre Scranton for an additional year until we made significant staff reductions due to the COVID-19 pandemic, end quote. 
So Mike, uh, more to digest there. We just wanted to keep everyone at home apprised of uh, what is going on on that front. Certainly some eyeballs being paid attention to that in relation to the Chicago Blackhawks scandal and their improper handling of the Kyle Beach assault suffered at the hands of then video coach Brad Aldrich back in 2010. So let's dive into the fallout from that, which continued on Monday. We'll throw two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock and drop the puck with this. The NHL's press conference held on Monday with Commissioner Gary Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. The league certainly did not bathe themselves in glory in their attempt to uh, basically quell some of the questions that were out there, answer some of those questions and provide context. Before I ask you what riled you up the most, Mike, I just wanted to give my take in saying that really we can debate a lot of the nuance of this. When the NHL knew, did they have the obligation to ask more questions? Why didn't they launch their own investigation? For me, the biggest question remaining unanswered is why was the $2 million fine and that punishment and penalty so incredibly weak? The quote from Gary Bettman, different context, different facts. And I think when you lay that out in comparison to the penalty for the Arizona Coyotes and their improper exercise testing of draft eligible prospects and the fine for and, and draft pick loss to the New Jersey Devils for Ilya Kovalchuk's cap circumvention, that that different context and different facts would seem to suggest that those things are more important than the safety and well-being of team staff members, which you know I, I don't know how the league could get through that press conference and say that that's the case. How can we look at this from a competitive advantage standpoint rather than the human element here? You know, if, if the Gary Bettman and the league are simply looking at this as, is this going to damage the product? No, you need to do the right thing for people involved. And I'm just sick of hearing the lawyers speak. I'm sick of sitting and listening to Gary Bettman continually walk around the subjects and saying, we need more. Uh, I need to know the circumstance, context, facts. What more context or facts do you need here? A, a player was sexually assaulted by a coach of the Chicago Blackhawks and then went on to do jail time for sexually assaulting a kid in Michigan. And you can go down the list here. And what do you need more to make a strong statement against this? You know, he, Gary Bettman was asked, would you provide counseling and support to the kid in Michigan? I need more facts, more circumstance. Just for once, be a human. Do the right thing here and just say, we'll do anything to help. Simple as that. That's all you need to do. And I think this all relates back, Frank, to where the NHL and just the CBA in general, the rules, everything, a lot of them don't have teeth. And if they don't have teeth, teams won't stop doing things. If the Chicago Blackhawks knew that if they covered this up, they were going to lose five first-round draft picks, I don't think there's any way they covered this thing up. They had no, they didn't have a competitive reason on the ice to keep them from acting properly off the ice. And I think that's a huge problem that has to be fixed. It should have been fixed 15 years ago. Well, sadly, I think the same thing that you just said, the NHL perpetuated what the Blackhawks said that they did wrong, which was we mm -hmm. shouldn't have been worrying about winning a Stanley Cup and competing on the ice. We should have just done the right thing. And that's more or less what the NHL has done here, uh, perpetuating that same exact narrative. And, and to me, what I keep coming back to, Mike, is that the NHL's actions speak so loudly that I can't hear the words anymore. And that's really where we're at at the moment. So the other part of this, it, while that was going on yesterday, was the NHLPA's executive board call, which happened uh, yesterday evening uh, with Don Fears stepping on the call as executive director to explain himself. Um, 
you know, the essential message was if I had been let or made aware or let known that this was anything more than just an incident, had graphic details been provided that I could assure you that I probably would have acted differently. So he doesn't still, at least what he told the players last night, that he doesn't have any recollection of the conversations that he had or the email that was sent and delivered to him. But he's confident that given his 40 plus years in this business, you know, operating a high profile union in, in the NHLPA and also with Major League Baseball Players Association, that he's confident he would have acted differently. Do you buy that? And are you surprised that ultimately at the end, the NHL players are not holding him to his feet to the fire in a more significant way by simply saying, hey, we're just going to launch an independent investigation to get to the bottom of what happened. I'm going to take it at face value that he heard there was an incident and didn't know exactly what, but I, I can't buy that you don't look deeper into that. If you hear of an incident between a coach and a player, no matter how minor that is, that needs to be explored and the player needs to understand that the union has his back. That did not happen in this case whatsoever. And I look at this and the piece that you have up on Daily Faceoff, Frank, it has a part in it where it says the players never asked Don Fear to leave the phone call on Monday when they all talked, all 32 that sits on exec board. And to me, that's a problem. I've been involved with union negotiations, mind you, at the PHPA, at the AHL level. But I can tell you firsthand that when you have the person in the room, it's a whole different conversation than with that person out of the room. And I think this is a lack of leadership from within, from within the players themselves to understand Don Fear works for you. And it's up to you guys to decide. You guys decide if there's going to be an independent investigation to figure out what he knew. I think there's a problem that they have 32 players on exec. You need five or six leaders that can go in and get things done. The water's way too muddy with the NHLPA, and this is what ends up happening. They need to find out what fear knew. He's got to be as honest as he possibly can, and they've got to make a big decision here because you need a leader in place that will support your players. Yeah, hard to be honest when you can't really remember exactly what happened. It's not like the investigation is going to be conducted and all of a sudden he starts remembering things that previously happened. So that's where I think the investigation might fall a little bit short. I think we'll learn more about Brian Shaw, the NHLPA affiliated therapist, and his role and his responsibilities and obligations to report the conversations that he had with Kyle Beach. But um, at the moment, I mentioned yesterday, Seems like Don Fear's days are numbered, at least from a standpoint that there should be more talk about a succession plan. We'll see if that ultimately comes to pass. And so on what was a monumental news day in the hockey world with that press conference, the NHLPA executive board meeting, it almost seemed like no one was talking at all, and, and probably rightfully so, about the massive extension that Adam Fox signs, the reigning NARS trophy winner with the New York Rangers, seven-year deal, $9.5 million AAV, 66.5 million smackers in his bank account over the next eight years. So Mike, what's your first gut reaction to the contract? And are you surprised that the Rangers were able to keep that AAV under the eight figure mark? Yeah, I'm surprised because I think Adam Hawk Fox is the benchmark. Him and Kale McCarr to me are going to be the Norris trophy winners for the next decade. You might find somebody else in the mix but Adam Fox is the rubric for what you want. A puck-moving defenseman who can get up and, the, up and down the ice, who's also responsible in his own zone. He's been plus everywhere he's played. He's all over the ice. I think at $9.5 million, it's actually a deal for the Rangers because you're looking at comparables like Wierenski and Jones uh, and, and McAvoy. McAvoy's a great player, but he is not Adam Fox. 
Uh, I think the Rangers are pretty lucky here. Do they have a lot of cap tied up in a couple of players with Panarin and, and Zibanejad and Truba? Yes, but that's the way the world's going. You have to lock up cornerstone defensemen. They needed to get this deal done with Fox, and I think getting seven years uh, is really beneficial to the Rangers, and it helps that Adam Fox always wanted to play for the team. This is a bit of a sweetheart deal going both directions. It's a good marriage. I like the deal, Frank. Yeah, he's not going to hold you over a barrel given what he went through basically to become a Ranger. That's the team he Correct. wanted to play for. He used his negotiating rights and power going from Calgary to Carolina, making his way to New York, signs there, and then goes out and, and basically a, an unprecedented, at least in recent terms, uh, you know, sophomore season to win the Norris Trophy. There is no benchmark. There is no comparable for that in the salary cap era. And what they get is a deal in which... Yes, he takes one fewer year, one less year than um, than Charlie McAvoy, as you mentioned in Boston. But in this case, when you look at what Kale McCarr signed for uh, and and the limited somewhat years in comparison uh, to Fox here, that this seems like it's a deal that works for the Rangers for the short term, for the long term, and to achieve that kind of cost certainty now is a big benefit. And I think for me, Mike, the big key that I've seen from Fox is that. His play has, there hasn't been any sort of drop off through the first, you know, mm -hmm. 10% of this season. He's right back at that level that he was at last year when he won the NARS. If not better, you know, I mean, he's at a point of game right now. When's the last time we saw that with a defenseman on a consistent basis? Well, I wouldn't put it past Adam Fox. I just, you see the way he controls the puck at 200 feet. You know, he gets out of his zone in a hurry, but when he crosses the blue line with it on his blade and he's able to find people on the ice, you can be holding a two by four and Adam Fox is going to find you and you can bang home a rebound or get that pass and get it towards the net. He's that good. He's that nimble. He's that crafty with the puck. He makes everybody on the ice better. So you're saying I could score a goal if Adam Fox got me the puck? If you could manage to reference? get your feet going enough to get to the front of the net. Yes, Frank, but you've got to get to the front of the net. That's, that's your goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can hang in front of the net, but I don't know about the footwork to get there, but I got to ask you, would I score on you? You were out on the ice. Got to talk about your appearance back on NHL ice with the St. Louis Blues, practicing with them on Sunday. Billy Huso out in the COVID-19 protocol. Here's a shot from Jeremy Rutherford during practice, the athletic reporter tweeting out you and your Golden Knights gear on the ice in St. Louis. Big question. How are the groins? How's everything feeling today? Well, let me put my backup towel on here first. <laughs> I haven't had this on in a while, but... Uh... You know, I, afterwards, I felt tired and I felt sore in all the right ways because I felt alive again. I hadn't played goalie on an NHL ice rink in a year and a half because of the COVID pandemic. Uh, I wasn't able to, you know, and I had practiced with the Golden Knights when I'd been working for the team there. Obviously, that's what the gear's from. But, you know, you miss this as an athlete. I, I missed getting hit by pucks. I missed doing what I loved for so long and still love to do, but it has to be in the right context. And playing with NHL players in a competitive setting, first drill we did was two on two in the neutral zone. And I just looked out and I went, oh no, this isn't how I wanted to start. Here goes my back. And uh, I managed to get through it uh, and, and gave the guys a good target, which I was happy about. And, you know, I went from being, again, tired and sore afterwards in the right ways to just being sore now. I hurt, but man, any chance I get, I'll be there is a ton of fun. I, I was actually flattered that they, they called me. I had to give up on coaching my daughter's game. I got permission from her 8U team for me to go practice with the Blues, and then they all came over after the game to watch. 
So I had a little um, cheering section again, and it's probably, I mean, it's probably more people in a building that like me than ever have, you know, 10 kids. So it, it was a big, big confidence booster. It got me ready for today's show. Yeah, I love that. And also love that your daughter was able to watch it because, you know, kids being so young, obviously they remember some parts of your career and probably remember your final game, but to yeah. see you out there on the ice again had to mean something. And I was really curious though, how did, what was the reception like from the guys? What was that like kind of walking back into the room and, and getting dressed and, and just being in, in the locker room again? Well, I skated out and Jordan Bennington looks at me and he gets a big smile because I've skated with a fair amount of those guys previously. And uh, I looked at him and he just smiled. Hey, man, have some fun. No pressure. And I went, Benner, you know me. I can't turn it off, man. And he's like, I know, I know. And I'm like, I'm just trying not to hurt yourself. And uh, it was really cool. I got a, we, we talked briefly afterwards and you know, gave me a vote of confidence saying I still had it, which I think was probably being a little bit generous. But um, it was cool. You know, some of the guys that I've skated with often before, just to see the smile on their face at wheeling an old relic out like me, uh, it makes me feel like I can still do it. Well, and we're proud of you here, of course, at Daily Faceoff, getting back out there again. The leader in starting goalie information. We're just providing a little update over the weekend. Got to keep our guy in the mix. So, Mike, uh, that was awesome. Now let's, uh, let's get to another edition of The Number Crunch with Rachel Dowry. This is a Tuesday edition of the Number Crunch with Rachel Dowry. Pleased to welcome her back to the program. And Rachel, got to ask you, we were just talking about the Adam Fox deal and where that lands with the New York Rangers. Seems like a pretty good deal for them to lock up that cost certainty with a pillar of their blue line for years to come. What'd you make of Fox's deal and what have the underlying numbers looked like to this point for Fox? I thought it's a fantastic deal. I mean... I'll take nine and a half million dollars. Um, so that's, it's good money for him in his pocket. But for the New York Rangers to get a defenseman of this caliber, who I agree with Mike, I think he's going to be in the Norris conversation for years to come, if not winning at least a few. Uh, you look at, at him, points per game, he's 0.73 points per game. 40% of his points come on the power play. And I mean, there's your QB1 right there. And he's sixth in primary assists for... Uh, defenseman in the time that since he's come into the league, basically he's sixth in primary assists. And that's more of a repeatable stat than let's say secondary assists. So that tells me that he's going to continue to produce at a pretty high clip. And then you just look at this season, his average time on ice is over 24 minutes. He's a point a game player. And what I've noticed is he's starting to play. It started a little bit last year, but he started to play in far more high leverage situations. So he's playing when they're down one. He's playing when they're protecting a lead. He's playing when it's tied. And he is taking the lion's share of the really tough matchups. So he's consistently going out against the Metro Division's best players, which includes the likes of Crosby, Jack Hughes, Matt Barzell. Um, and, and he's winning the battles. And so I think to lock up this guy... Uh, for the New York Rangers is a, a corner piece of, of what they want to be over the next half a decade. Just fantastic for both sides. Rachel, I look at what's been going on with Adam Fox, and I just think this guy for the next 10 years, him and Kale McCarr are going to be the guys as defensemen in the National Hockey League. It's fun to watch. I've got questions for you about Calgary. Now, this is a team that Brad Tree living this summer 
built in Daryl Sutter's image, right? He brings in Coleman, Pitlick, Trevor Lewis, Erica Branson, these worker bees. You know, in my eyes, it looks like it's taking some pressure off the top players. What are you seeing below the surface that's got Calgary clicking so well? Okay, so I think Blake Coleman, dating back to when both him and I were in New Jersey, he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's If Daryl Sutter could build a player with the exception of like Anze Kopitar, it would be Blake Coleman. He's been so good and he's exactly what Daryl Sutter needs. But these additions, you look at this, it's not even offensively. Yes, Mangiapani and Lindholm and Johnny Goudreau are all producing at insane clips right now. But if you look at the Flames and they're shooting above 20%, like that's not sustainable. That's going to come down, but hey, fantastic start. But you look and like scoring chances for, they rank first in the league. High danger goals against, they've only given up three at even strength this entire year. And their save percentage, 930, like from a high danger standpoint, that's going to regress a little bit. But you just look at their overall save percentage at 957. Like that is incredible stuff. So they're not giving up a whole lot of high danger chances. They're getting fantastic goaltending and they are capitalizing on the chances that they generate at the other end of the ice. So I think it's fair to say that Calgary's probably going to be in more low-scoring games because they don't generate a lot. But if Jacob Markstrom can continue to play the way he has and their defensive game can continue to be this structured, they're going to be a really tough team to beat this year. Yeah, there's no question that the defensive play and sort of the Daryl Sutter effect is taking effect and, and it's certainly helping Jacob Markstrom, Rachel. But I wanted to ask you to key in on some of those shooting percentage numbers. Mangiapane and Lindholm, 35%. They can't possibly keep that going. Uh, you know, what are we looking at in terms of shooting percentage? And I've sort of tried to temper any sort of expectations that I've had through the first 10 games and how well the Flames have played with the fact that these guys are going to be regressing at some point. Yes, and that's fair. I think Johnny Goudreau having a really good start will be good for his confidence. And we've seen Johnny Goudreau in years past where when he's playing confident, he's going to pick up those points, whether it's a garbage goal or an assist. So I think that this start might really be the rocket ship that Johnny Goudreau needs to have a really good season in Calgary. So I'm not as worried about him regressing. Mangiapane, first of all, can't understand why he's not playing more. I mean, yes, he's small, but when you're leading the league in goals or up there with the leaders, I mean, at least play the guy while he's hot. But I would say that Lindholm, I would expect to come down probably towards 16, 15%. Mangiapane, maybe closer to 13 So will they have dry spells? Yeah, they'll have dry spells. But as long as they continue to get to those net front areas where they're scoring the goals, the shooting percentages from those areas remain really high up in that 30% area. So if they're getting chances from there, it's reasonable to think that they will continue to score. The problem is, is I think people and teams will pick up on the fact that that is where they're scoring from. They're going to do a better job of locking that down. So those chances may not be available. But if they continue to get those chances there, I would expect them to still produce at a pretty high clip. Maybe not this high, but 20% is fair if they continue to get chances from those areas. Yeah, really interesting stuff. And, and oh, by the way, Mangiapane, Goudreau, last year of their deals. Uh, Mangiapane, of course, pending uh, restricted free agent, not an unrestricted free agent like Goudreau. So we'll keep an eye on all that and lots more. Rachel, thank you so much. This was another edition of The Number Crunch with Rachel Dowery.
All right, Mike, it's time for the daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO, and we'll throw this question up there. It's one that I've been wondering in the back of my head with the Blackhawks and their absolute mess of a start. Would Fleury, Marc-Andre Fleury, be a realistic trade target for Edmonton? What would it take slash what would you be willing to give up? Uh, so, Mike, that's my big question for you. Do you think we'll see a trade for Mar- involving Marc-Andre Fleury at some point this season? I think it just comes down to what Marc-Andre Fleury wants to do. I know he has some trade protection in his contract, and uh, I would assume that whatever he wants to do at this stage, he'd have a say in. You have to think about what he's been through the last year and a half, two years even, with Vegas essentially throwing him away. Yeah, just giving him away the Chicago Blackhawks after winning the Vezina Trophy. Things have gone terrible in Chicago on the ice. They are hot. They won against the Ottawa Senators yesterday. But I just can't help but think that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to look at this from a family standpoint and thinking, what can I do that's going to not disrupt our family any more than it already has been? If the opportunity exists to go to a team that really has a chance at winning the Stanley Cup, you'd have to think that it does enter his mind that it's worth doing so, worth going to a team like that. Ultimately, I'm not sure. I think Fleury holds the cards here, Frank, but I'm not sure the direction that you may think this goes. Yeah, no, I I think you answered it perfectly. Marc-Andre Fleury will be traded if he wants to be. If he goes to the Blackhawks and says, this year's been an absolute disaster, uh, I'd like to get out of here. Well, I'd have to think that they'd probably want to honor that, given what his career's been like and given the trust that he placed in them before the season started. Uh, to come mm-hmm. there and continue his career. And, uh, you know, we'll see. But, you know, maybe there's a part of him that just wants to keep everything settled. I reported at the beginning of the year, he's not the type of guy that is willing to go and play in a city for a few months and leave his family behind. His family is along for the ride and, and is the number one priority for him. So we'll keep an eye on that. But I think he'd be certainly a name to watch if he has interest in moving. How about our daily faceoff best bets of the day? Tyler Uremchuk back. Uh, how was your night last night, Tyler? Uh, well, about as good as it could have gotten, I suppose. We nailed our only bet with the total hitting the over in the Edmonton-Seattle game. And something I noticed with my bet so far this year, I've made 31 on the show. Only four of them have been plus money bets. I've been big on the favorites for whatever reason. I'm changing that trend a little bit today. So let's jump right into it with our lines from points bet. The first one I like, Toronto. They are huge favorites in this game against the Vegas Golden Knights. I like them to win. Vegas is banged up. I think Toronto's starting to roll. They scored five goals their last time out against Detroit. Mitch Marner got going. John Tavares got going. I think their big guns are starting to pick up some steam here. So I like Toronto to win, but I want a little bit of value. So I'm taking their team total. You can get to it by clicking that 187 wagers button over on PointsBet. It's set at three and a half. It's paying plus 110. Vegas gave up four their last time out against Anaheim. I like Toronto getting four on them here tonight. So team total Toronto over three and a half at plus 110. And it's another beautiful day to make some money off the Arizona Coyotes. They are in Philadelphia to take on the Flyers. Arizona has lost eight games in regulation this year by an average of 3.25 goals. They've only covered the puck line twice this season. Philly's 4-2-1. and one. They're coming off a loss against Calgary, but they're clearly the better team here. So I like this as a good bounce back spot for the Flyers. Take the puck line at plus 110. And to close things out, I'm going to another kind of sort of bounce back spot here with the Minnesota Wild hosting the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Puck line plus 115. That's where I'm going here. The Wild have dropped three out of four, but they're clearly the better team. Ottawa's on back-to-backs. 
I think this is a pretty simple spot to take the puck line once again. So the three bets, Toronto team total over three and a half, Philly minus one and a half, and Minnesota minus one and a half as well. I love it. Lots of action there. And, and like you said, you're going to keep betting against the Coyotes until either they start winning, which they haven't to this point, <laughs> or until the odds makers adjust their book. So thanks for that, Tyler. And that brings us to garbage time. Mike McKenna, what do you got? Well, today I want to give a little shout out to all the ice makers out there that have been led by Dan Craig of the National Hockey League. He's graduating. He's not retiring. He's adamant in saying that. Uh, that he's moving on from his dream job, spending 25 years making the ice better in the National Hockey League. And I can tell you there's a ton of people around the sport like Dan that have these niche jobs that make the world go round within our sport. And the job that he did to improve ice quality across the league was unbelievable. I can even remember, you know, my early years thinking, man, this ice just isn't great. And it progressively got better and better during my career. And it's because of people like Dan that really made it a science. His lasting legacy is going to be the outdoor arenas that he was able to build for the Winter Classic, uh, the Stadium Series and all of those. But I think the players really have a lot of thank for just the in-season work that he's done. Making sure that the managers at every facility understand what it takes to put good ice down for the players to really show off what this game can do. We didn't always used to have that, Frank. There'd be arenas you'd skate out, and it was like five-grit sandpaper, and you couldn't go anywhere. The puck would be bouncing all over the place. We're at a point now that the ice is pretty good, and I think we have a lot of thanks to Dan Craig for that. Yeah, well said, Mike, and I can only imagine some of the ice that you skated on uh, throughout the minors as well. But Dan oh, Craig, Houston, uh, man of... And... <laughs> Houston, Texas, the worst I've ever been on in my life. Never, <laughs> Jeez, never again. Well... I can only imagine, uh, you know, sort of all the work that Dan Craig and his entire staff put in place. Uh, the mythical Iceman from Rexall uh, up in Edmonton. We've talked about that ice for years and years. And, of course, he brings his talent to the league for the last two and a half decades. So happy trails to Dan Craig. And that is it. That's all the time that we have for today's show. Uh, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. It's been a busy couple days. But we'll be back with you tomorrow for another edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.